Well, I'll never forget it. It was February of 2014, and I was at my first faith biblical counseling training conference in Minneapolis. The first plenary speaker, uh, Steve Viers, had just stepped onto the platform at Bethlehem Baptist Church's North Campus. And though he tends to be a rather intense guy as it is, it was clear from his nonverbal cues alone that something was particularly bothering him. Well, Viers explained to us that he has just had just been a little distracted because he'd just gotten off a plane and he had been on the phone in the airport with a man from his church who, back home who had sinned grievously against another one of their members. And the next thing he said has marked me ever since. Steve assured us with firm conviction in his voice when he said, he's going to be in counseling on Monday. <laughs> and though it, it was a relatively new thought for me because I was new to the biblical counseling world at the time, in that moment, Steve Viers connected two realities in my life that had never dovetailed until then. Since that time, church discipline and biblical counseling have come together in a surprising and a powerful way. Now, we frequently speak of biblical counseling as intensive discipleship, and for good reason. Intensive discipleship is an excellent way to describe what we're on about in biblical counseling. At the same time, church discipline, both formative and corrective, is a part of local church discipleship as well as discipleship of a rather intensive kind. In other words, by definition, there is an extraordinary amount of potential overlap between church discipline and biblical counseling. In fact, over the years, another area of local church ministry that I've noticed has a high degree of overlap with, uh, with church discipline and biblical counseling is the whole movement of biblical peacemaking. Interestingly, many of the leaders and the resources that are shared back and forth in these movements are similar, and rightly so. Much of the same territory is being traversed in both biblical counseling and biblical peacemaking. I, I like to think of peacemaking as a subset of biblical counseling. Well, this is because so many of the biblical texts that call for one also assume the other. So for instance, Proverbs 19:11 or Matthew 7:1 to 5, Matthew 18, 15 to 20, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 to 13, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 to 8, 2 Corinthians 2, 5 to 11, Galatians 6, 1 to 5, and 1 Timothy 5, 19 to 21. Counseling takes up the application of the gospel in the local church as it relates to the personal problem sphere. Church discipline takes up the application of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the local church as it relates to the interpersonal problem sphere. In both cases, a peculiar sort of intensive discipleship is occurring. The role that church discipline plays in biblical counseling is incredibly crucial as it keeps the counseling relationship operating within the bounds of New Testament ecclesiology, or the New Testament's picture of the doctrine of the church. So, for example, assuming both the biblical counselor and the counselee are members of the same local church, Matthew 18, 15 to 20 ought always to govern the way that sin and repentance are treated. 
And so long as the repentance of the counselee is genuine, church discipline ought not to escalate beyond Matthew 18, verses 15 to 16. However, in the event that repentance is not occurring in the counseling relationship, it is possible, though regrettable, that church discipline may escalate for a member of the local church to the point of Matthew 18, 17. Furthermore, church discipline and biblical counseling are also interrelated in the situation where the counselor and the counselee are not members of the same local church. In this case, the counselor already ought to be in close communication with the counselee's pastor. And again, as, as long as genuine repentance is occurring in the heart of the counselee, the relationship is unfolding completely within the purview of Matthew 18, verses 15 to 16. However, where the counselee is unrepentant, it's possible, though regrettable, that the counselor may have to alert the counselee's pastor and recommend that they move forward with Matthew 18.17. Though the counselor clearly has no unilateral authority of any kind over a counselee who's not uh, a, a member of their own local church, the counselor also ought to operate their counseling ministry within the bounds of New Testament vision for formative and corrective church discipline. So, in summary, church discipline and biblical counseling are intimately related. They are inextricably tied to one another, and that's as it should be, for Christ's glory and for our good. Grace and peace.